0: Good morning, church. Ah, your energy good. I think you're better. Now, uh, we are at our last Sunday. Uh, uh, this month is our worship series month. This is our last Sunday where we talk about our worship. And the title of my sermon this morning is Worship Through the Generations. As we look into the Word of God, let us pray. Father, we commit each and every one of us here into your hands. We ask, O God, that even as we look into your Word, may your Spirit speak to us, O God, challenge us and move us forward together with you, O God, to appreciate every generation that is represented in your kingdom, O God, and to cheer on each other, that you are this God whom we worship through the generation of all ages, O God. We appreciate you. We ask the Holy Spirit that you come and you stir up our spirit that we will respond to your Word. In Jesus' name, we all pray. Amen, amen. All right, worship through the generations. And our passage this morning will be in Ezra chapter 3. Our key words is verse 11, but we want to read it in context, so we read from chapter 10 to 13. This is what the Word of God says. When the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, the priests in their vestments, and we have trumpets and the Levites and the the sons of Asaph, with symbols took their places to praise the Lord as prescribed by David, king of Israel. With praise and thanksgiving, they sang to the Lord, He is good, His love toward Israel endures forever. And all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the Lord was laid. But many of the older priests, the Levites, the family heads, who have seen the former temple, wept aloud when they saw the foundation of the temple being laid, while many others shouted for joy." No one could distinguish the sound of the shouts of joy and from the sound of weeping because the people made so much noise and the sound was heard far away. Now, to understand the passage, as I always say this, context determines meaning. I say context, you say meaning. Context, meaning. Yeah, understand this background story and then the meaning will automatically come out. Now, the background story is this. The first temple that the Israelites built was known as Solomon's Temple, but it was later destroyed by the Babylonians. When the Babylonians attacked them, they destroyed the temple first to crush the spirit of the Israelites. Because they feel if they destroy the temple, they destroy God. Therefore, they destroy the people. So this is why they they, they did that. Then the people were exiled and taken into captivity for 70 years. 70 years is a long time. They took them to captivity, but later they were released by the Persians who were in power then. And a group of people decided to travel back to Jerusalem to go back to their homeland. And it was led by Ezra and Nehemiah. you're familiar with this name. And to rebuild the temple and the city walls. But once they, are, once they are back, they stop building the temple. They build halfway, they stop because they're faced with opposition. People said, don't rebuild the temple, it's not good. If you rebuild, the other people will see, they think you're going to rebel and they will destroy you again. So the people were afraid they stopped rebuilding the second temple. And it stopped for 17 to 18 years. It's long, it's very long. Later, Haggai and Zechariah encouraged Zerubbabel and Joshua to continue to work to rebuild the temple and the temple was finished in mere five years. They stopped for 17 to 18 years, but in five years they completed it. Now, when you understand this context or where they come from, okay, this whole chap, this whole passage, when you understand the context, you know the deeper meaning behind. Let's do a- some calculations here. They were in captivity for how many years? 70 years. Okay, you want to know 70 years is how long or not? Longer than Malaysia? When we do this, like I did this in the first service. Let's Try this. How many of you, you are 70 years old and above? Raise up your hand. 70 years old. Let's give them a hand. They're still here. If you want to know how long is 70 years, it's an entire lifetime. 70 years. And not only that, 70 years in captivity, but the overall rebuilding of the temple. They went back, they built halfway, they stopped for 70, 80 years, and then they built back in five years. All together, it was 23 years. 23 years is a whole young adult. Okay, not just here now, I saw the group also there, okay? The young adult. Oh, Lily, you are there. You transferred. <laughs> All right. Now, overall, right, 70 years in captivity plus overall rebuilding, 23 years. All together, 93 years. From the day they were taken into captivity to the day they were released, rebuild the temple, 93 years. This thing waited 93 years to happen. Now, 93 years, you want to know how long 93 years are? How many of us here, 93 years old and above? Anyone? 93 years and above. See God, no? Yeah, exactly. That long. Some of us can't even reach there. 93 years long. Now in this context, this is why when you look, there was two distinct worship experience. There's a group of people that worship in joy and there's another group worship in sorrow. Worship in sorrow. Now all of us, we identify ourselves with that group of people that actually worship in joy than in sorrow. The reason is because how many of us, we are in this category of 93 years and below? How many of us 93 years old and below? See, everyone. Everyone. So we are here. We are this group that gave, gave a great shout of praise. Not the group that cried. Now, some people use these words and they say, you know, young people worship in joy and old people worship in sorrow. Is it true? No. No, this is a different context. The group that worship enjoy because they've never experienced worship in their hometown before. All the days of their life, they were even born in the exile or, or after, or in the 93 years, they've never experienced worship in their own homeland, in their own temple. Therefore, they shout just like us. Have we experienced anything greater than Jesus? No. Is there anyone after Jesus? No. We are this generation that shout, not the one that says cry or or wept. And the group of people that worship God, that worship God, yeah? They actually, you have several generations inside, several generations because 93 years is long. Now just imagine, all of us, we are this group, okay? All of us, we are this group. Those who are born after exile, that means once they are free, after the war and the exile and everything, once they come back, okay, they come back and uh, you know that generation, that, you know that, that, that generation, we call them boomers? You know why they call them boomers? They're the generation after the war. After the war. Your parents, that means boomers, your parents, after the war, they got a lot of free time, what do they do? After the war of freedom, well, when you got your freedom, what do you do? Yes, be free. They make babies. They build their house. This is why the boomer generation is called boomer because suddenly got a lot of children. You ask them, uh, you, the boomer generation, you ask them, uh, Your family got how many people? Very normal, common, uh, Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Five or six, seven, eight, nine, ten, common. True? True, right? You ask the boomers, how many people? Ten, uh, eight, la, uh, no? Or maybe they say oh, you ask them, huh? Uh, how many people in your family, they may say boy or girl? Because boy can be 10, girl can be 9. <laughs> A lot. Boomers, they suddenly boom, you know. Now, this group, when they came back, they're free, they're joyful. They begin to repopulate Jerusalem. This is what they're called to do. They make babies. Just imagine during this time of worship where everyone shout, just like us, there are toddlers here. There are toddlers the parents will be carrying them. They're toddlers in that group. And then those who are born early, that means the moment you came back immediately, you are born, okay, you're in that group. By then, after 23 years of rebuilding of the temple, by then, you guys are already teenagers and young adults. Teenagers and young adults. Now, if you are born during the 70 years of exile, that means not during exile, or not after, after exile or, or that. This is the group... During the uh, uh, yeah during the exile period, the, I mean the seventy years. If you're born during the seventy years, and then you go back home, join the group, the generation is after the exile. You are a great grandparent. So you have the young, the middle age, and the old together, several generations praising God, giving a loud shout to Him. We identify with this group. So never say. Young people worship wow, energetic, old people cry. Not true. Don't use these words and say, there's a group of young people worship God and 93 years old is not young. Tun eh. Mate, young or not? Young. Yeah, he's only a few years old as a prime minister, like in the new term, yeah. 93 years old is not young. And you've got toddler teenagers, young adults, adults, great grandparents, Here worshipping. Now, and then there's a small group. The older priests, the Levites, the family heads who have seen the glorious days of King Solomon. They see the first temple was beautiful. Now they are back home. They remember last time when we were faithful to God, God was faithful to us. But then our forefathers choose to turn against God and worship their own God They turn away from God. And then the Babylonians attack so that when now they go through the whole war experience when they came back home, these are the group above 93 years old, when they came back home, they worship in repentance. They still worship nonetheless. They worship worshipped, God, thank you for being so faithful. Thank you for bringing us back. Your temple is supposed to reflect your glory. We can do better than this. The temple deserves to be more beautiful, to glorify you. Forgive us for our failures or the failures of our forefathers. So they cried. It's a worship nonetheless. But for all of us, we identify with the first group. Now, I want all of us in this context, now we understand the context, I hope you, you bring about a new meaning to you. We want to understand their experience, okay? understand their experience, of what they went through, the different generation, okay? they, were, they were exiled and then released and rebuilt the whole temple. Understand their experience, appreciate their differences. Every generation that's represented there, just like all of us, we have different experience. Those that have those that are born during the exile, by then their great-grandparents, those after exile, they were they were the first early years they were born by then, when this event took place, Ezra chapter 3 took place, they were already teens or young adults. Those who are born later, nearing when they start building the temple, they are toddlers appreciate, understand their experience, appreciate their differences, and then celebrate their unity. Most important is this, it is not the temple that worship in that counts. It is who is in the temple that counts. It is not the church that you worship in that counts. It is who is in the church that counts. God and His people together. Jesus is always here to build a relationship with us, to connect the people together and connect people together with Him. And this is more important regardless of which generation that we are from. Amen. And we need to appreciate this part. Now, what this group of people, when they're praising God, what they didn't know is this. They didn't know, but we know. Okay. When they were worshiping, it's like their prophetic worship. Because when they worship, they lay down the foundation of the church. Uh, foundation of the of the temple. Sorry, when they were laying down the foundation of the temple, they're worshiping there. What they didn't know is this: fast forward 500 years from then, the foundation of the church was laid. Jesus Christ died for this group of people, and Jesus was presented in this same very temple that they worship him. The temple that they rebuilt, the temple that they worship him, is the same temple that baby Jesus was presented for the very first time. Same temple. The same God that delivered them, them then is the same God that's still delivering us today. Amen. This is the same Jesus that we worship and were worshiping throughout the generations. And every generation have our own experience of Him. Yet we celebrate our unity together. despite our differences, our differences doesn't divide us. We learn to appreciate each other's differences. Amen. Therefore, this is a church that uh, we all come together. Now, now that we understand what it means to them, with the same principle, how can we apply on how we worship God today in our modern times? With the same mindset, huh? understand the experience, appreciate the differences, celebrate the unity. We have someone in our church, she's born and bred in Saramban in Agape. She has seen the different worship era, and she's going to present how worship changes throughout the ages and the different traits of the generation that's represented here. Are we good? Suddenly, your power toned down, turn to the person next to you. Get ready for the word of God. All right, can you please help me welcome my life and ministry partner, Pastor N? Yes.
1: Thank you. I feel like I cannot run away from this whole identity of being born here and all that. You know, um, I just, I'm actually gonna uh, show you a little bit about the differences in generation. I'm gonna explain a little bit. This is one of my pet topics to talk about the different generations and there's been a lot of research that talks about it and to talk about the different traits of this different generation. And it is my firm belief that Every generation is important. Every generation is unique and it is shaped by the historical background of whatever happened during that time. And so it has caused uh, such different characteristics. But we just want to run through a little bit. This is not a full full lesson thing. I just pick out a couple of things and we want to show you and then relate it back to um, church worship songs and how that has affected church worship songs even in our generations and here today. Okay? So we have six generations represented in church. There are only five there, but there are actually six generations right here in our midst. Uh, you'll be surprised to know that there are so many generations, okay? So we're going to look through the different generations and look at that. So 1957, 1947 and above are known as a silent generation. They are basically people who live during World War II, okay, they lived through it. Of course, those that fought or were commanders during those times are uh, by now are most likely uh, they would have passed on. But many are still living. So those who live nineteen, who were born nineteen forty-seven and before, can I see your hands? Give me a wave. Oh yeah! Look at that. They are hardcore people, okay? They live through the war. Don't play play, you know? This generation is extremely loyal, uh, extremely uh, sacrificial and we say conservative, the term that's always used is they are very conservative but think about it. Of course, they are conservative to us now, lah. but during that time, they are the most radical people in their generation, okay? They did things wildly beyond their generation, so that's need to be understood in context. They are very sacrificial, so you find that those from silent generation use. Usually, they are those who will give up all their pleasures, all their, you know, they don't mind, don't eat that, also never mind, don't need to have nice things, you know. Healthcare also not so important. Everything give to children. Everything give to family, isn't that right? They are the ones that will be willing to do it all and give it all. Very sacrificial. Then comes another generation, which is the boomer generation. Like I say, boomer generation is a great generation uh, it's 80 million and 82 million I think worldwide currently but it's also the largest generation uh, to retire because before that no concept of retirement right there's concept of retirement today so it is the largest generation to ever retire and majority of boomers are currently retired right now so 1947 to1965. Can I see your hand? should be quite a lot. Whoa, look at that. Proudly, man, proudly. The Boomers generation. Yes, yeah, good to see. Do you know the Boomers generation are the one that built our nation? After World War II, you know, when everything was devastated, it was the boomers that didn't all learn. They, they worked really hard. Boomers were the ones that set the economical, political, social, everything, the foundation of the nations across the world. Not just in Malaysia, across the world, they built it. Boomers are extremely resilient where they can go on and on and on. And I, I can really uh, testify to that. Even in ministry, I see that the boomers, when they are in the ministry, they are the ones that will go on and on and on, you know. Nothing can, nothing can um, shake them. They will just continue serving, very resilient, very hardworking. And then we come to a generation. We call it Gen X. There was a lot of talk of Gen X in the 90s. Um, but actually, today, if you talk about it, you realize that not many people talk about Gen X, one. Huh? They are like the missing generation. The one, nobody want to talk about one. And uh, they are usually, they are actually also termed the lost generation, not the missing generation. They are also the smallest generation worldwide. About 50 plus million only. The rest are 80 plus, 80 million plus. But the generation X is very small. So you see very little Gen X in churches, in organizations, in, in different areas. You actually see very little of them. But let's have a bit of faith that there are more. This morning, there was quite a lot of Gen X. So let's see. How many of you are born between 1965 to 1982? Oh, praise the Lord. We are no missing. Not missing. We are here in church. <laughs> not missing. Generation X, you know, they are, because of all the, the sacrifice and all that they have seen in their life growing up, Gen X are actually very family-oriented. Very they're very family-oriented, they want to build a good family. Gen X are the ones that always talk about balance, you know. You balance church, you balance our family and the workplaces, everything in perfect balance, you know. You don't uh, destroy one for the other. And you see, Gen X are the current parents of the generation today, you know. And, and there's, um, there's a growth in that. And then after that comes the millennials. Now, millennials are the ones that we talk about a lot, a lot. And so many articles and so many things written about millennials. But let's check first. Where are the millennials? Between 1982 to 1997. Come on, miss your hand. Oh, this side. Millennials. Yeah. You know, a lot of people still talk about millennials like, oh, young people these days, young people. But let me tell you, all millennials are in the workforce now. All. So they're not really that young, you know, they've already grown up. They're all working young adults now. And I know millennials have a very bad rap. A lot of HRs, a lot of uh, company managers don't like millennials, always talk a lot of things about them. But, you know, um, we have to change our mindset. Understanding that millennials were the generation that actually started with a bit more. Because no more war, ma economic built ready, you know. So they started at some uh, position that is okay and above. And you find that they then have the privilege to be able to discover what they really want. They have the privilege to be able to work at areas that they are passionate about. So you find that millennials are some uh, generation that prefer experiential. That's why all the uh, hashtag wanderlust travel, you know, they want to go and ex experience the world, experience life, experience things. They want the flexibility of being able to work at home or at a cafe or in a workplace, no nine to five, it's a bit too straight. They just want that flexibility. They want to be able to experience and they want to collaborate with people. They want to to do things different, different because there is so much more. But you know, before we go and say, like, oh, they're already spoiled, and that's what people are saying, right? All this avocado toast and Starbucks, you know, for millennials, all this uh, $15 coffee, and always talk about these things. But did you know that if you walk out and you go to a cafe today, 90% is run by millennials? I'm very, you just go and check it out. A lot of the apps, uh, like all these companies, uh, even I think uh, all these Grab and all these things, many of them, all these new uh, services that are popping up and uh, businesses, they're all done by millennials. They are willing to go and try something different. Yes, they want that flexibility, but they are breaking the mold and doing it differently. This is millennials. Okay, so they are also the most global people. They're the people that travel the most. Everything between studies and travel, and because you know that whole one, wanderlust thing, so they are very uh, travel. And Gen Z are all college and below right now, and um, they are all in YDS right now. So there's no example to give, but they are all teenagers, college students, uh, about 23 years old and below would we'll say, and uh, we, you know, they are young, and uh, they have. Very little experience in comparison. But it's also said to be a generation that is the most open. Open in terms of, uh, judge- they're not as judgmental, they're not as condemning. They are ready to accept and willing to listen to different opinions, different lifestyle. They're willing to just be are ready to accept different cultures. Very willing because they grew up in such a mixed culture and background. They're actually a lot more. And you know that Gen Z actually is a very pragmatic generation or rather very realistic generation they're not the ones that we go oh you know let's do this for god oh let's do it all the hype and all the gen z wait you explain to me first you know i need to understand it Millennials will, oh yes, you know, oh, let's go, let's do it. But Gen Z will be, uh, no, I need to understand better. So they're a bit more cautious, they're a bit more, uh, they're very realistic even in terms of their lifestyle and future. So I'm not going to go too deep into all these things, but I want to talk about also how you realize that Gen Z is very, um, is we call it the true digital natives. True, true digital natives basically mean that they're very integrated with technology, Okay every other generation are either adapting to technology, connected to technology, using technology, but Gen Z and below are true digital natives. They have never seen a world without the internet. Never. Just imagine the implications and the mindset and the perception they have. They've never seen it. So their worldview is very different. You can see there, I mentioned that um, boomers came about in a... uh, in a time when there was a TV explosion, right? A suddenly introduction of TV, that one TV in the neighbourhood, you know, everybody, all the neighbours come and watch, uh, black and white, and then colour TV, it was a TV generation. And then Gen X was a generation of personal computing. Suddenly, it is, you know, with a mouse and keypad, and it came out during Gen X era. And suddenly, everyone started emailing, There was Gen X. And then internet was introduced during the millennial period sudden explosion of your ICQ and all kinds of things online and the, and the dial-up, you know, the dial-up modem, and then grow until today all the social media and so on. But Gen Z is totally different. They live their entire integrated life with internet. Everything, e-commerce, everything is part of internet. Cannot do it without. So we have to understand before we condemn and go, why are you always on your phone? To recognize their perception's different. They've never seen it. What do you do without? How can you possibly live without? And it's not, it's not uh, something we condemn, but to understand. Now, also understand, that we look at the older generation and go like, oh, silent generation, no internet, no technology. They didn't have, they have a lot of machineries, okay? They have facsimile, they have telegraph, they have gramophone. They actually were in a generation of great advancement of technology. It just looks different to us. But it was, at that time, a huge thing, because there was a boom of different technology. Right? And we've never seen it, we don't see today, but all this typewriter and so on was really during that generation. Now, coming back here, um, the sixth generation I'll just make mention is actually gen alpha, uh, seven years and below. So all the babies behind, give me a wave. The babies. Yeah, (laughs) gen alpha, which we know nothing about because they're still babies. So we can't see anything. But I want to talk about music for a bit. And you see that different generations also have different genres of music, right? And during the silent generation, it was all jazz and swing music, Louis Armstrong, and and I do not really know the other uh, jazz musicians or swing musicians, but I know it was during the era of the the dance, you know, they always show war movies where they dance, fly here, fly there, One, Yeah, the swing... So like, oh, that was so in at that time. Then the boomers, the boomers actually brought rock and roll. It wasn't later. It was the boomers that brought rock and roll. Elvis Presley and the Beatles and so on, right? This is the boomers generation. Then come Gen X and you bring hard rock, Michael Jackson, uh, R&B, soul music, Winnie Houston, and all those music that came up Those, uh, those during the Generation X era. Then the millennials come in with hip-hop, rap, m and and all these pop songs, all these popular boy band, girl band, you know, all these band, musician band, K-pop, J-pop, Taiwanese pop, Malaysian, Menghidong Hari, you know? You know? <laughs> Indonesian song? Only one generation knows that, okay, that sudden era where it came all out like that. So we actually have uh, all this during the millennials era. And then come Gen Z. Then suddenly, all of us are confused because they like EDM. And they are like, what is EDM? Huh. Electronic dance music. Where they integrate electronic sounds or the nyeh 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 behind into the song. You all know and like, what is that sound? Ah, uh, that's electronic. You know, and then even the youth worship a lot of time, they play tracks at the background. It's not one of the music instruments. It is tracks where they have some sounds at the back, you know, integrated into music. They can use electronic sound to make it into music, you know, and that is their music. For us, there are anytime you feel like, what kind of song is this? Uh, that means it's not your generation music. La. <laughs> simple, simple, anytime, right? Because we always don't feel that for another generation's music because you're not from that that generation, okay? So, we see the differences in that generation. Now, this is also translated into church worship music. And I just want to go through a little bit historical of how the church music has also changed. Now, worship songs. Now, right back, uh, the earliest possible that we can think of, in the 1800s and early 1900s where we have hymns. And I'm going to sing a couple of songs and I encourage you that if you know the song, sing along with me as a worship as well. So, you know this song. Oh Lord my God, when I see the stars, I see the stars and I hear the rolling thunder Die out throughout the universe displayed Now we only sing during funerals. But I love this song, especially the chorus, I love it. And uh, you know, they said that this is actually the second greatest hymn of all times after Amazing Grace. It really is. But it was not originally written in English. It was written in some other language and it was created, translated, added in music. And actually, this song was made popular during the Billy Graham crusades. During those time, and this song was made famous. But you know, because even though those are hymns and all that during this era, can you imagine when it came over with missionaries and came over and churches begin to start church. Churches revival in Malaysia, Malaysian churches revival was during the 70s and 80s. There was a sudden boom. A lot of you accepted Christ during that era, and there was a sudden boom of churches planted, people going full time, people coming to know Jesus during the 70s and the 80s. And it was quite big, but there weren't that many songs being written, many Christian songs being written. You still had all the hymns and so many people sang hymns in churches, you know. It, regardless of song, ch- churches still go on. But there were a couple of songs that was written, like this song. In His time, in His time, He makes all things beautiful, His Such beautiful songs, many songs that were written during the revival, Malaysian church revival era. And they become quite classic. Then roll around the 90s. The 90s would be the Gen X era. When many Gen X were actually in churches, many Gen X actually uh, were involved and accepted Christ as well. Many Gen X as teenagers began to come to know Jesus. But this is also the era that you have suddenly a boom of Christian songwriters like um, Don Mowen, Paul Baloch, Bob Fitz, Geoff Bullock, Integrity Music and all these songs that were written. You know, I was uh, going through this book. How many of you actually have this book? Many, right? You have this book. There were many versions of it. I have no idea which version is this. But I was going through and trying to figure out like, okay, what are the songs, you know, I can use as an example. And I began to research and discover most of the songs in this book are from the 90s. Most, that many songs are few edition. Okay, few edition songs, all written in the 90s Christian music. Like this song. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide. Hold me closely to his side With love and care, strength, for each new day He will make a way He will make a way You don't even need lyrics Because you actually know the song You know, these songs all really defined our faith in that time In the 90s, this song was written in 1992 by Don Mowen and it came out during the 90s. Another song that was very popular at that time would be Hold me close Let your love surround me Bring me near Draw me to your side I forgot how to sing. And as I wait I'll rise up like the eagle And I will soar with you Your spirit leads me on By the power of your love Do you know that a lot of the songs that were written in the era became our altar call songs today? Lord, I offer my life. This is my desire. Eagle swing, and so on and so forth. Because there were so many beautiful songs that were written that continue on in the generations. You can either call them new or call them old, whichever generation you're from. But that was the era. Then come the late 90s and early 2000s. Now, this is my era. Okay, if you're wondering which generation I'm from, I got that question this morning. So, which generation are you? I'm directly in between millennials and Gen X. Right in the middle. There's this gap of people right in the middle. If you're born in between generations, you find that you have both traits a little bit. Because we're not robots, right? You don't suddenly change characteristic one in a generation. It's always gradual. So we have both characteristics a little bit here and there. And people from my generation, we are actually called Xenials, subcategory, socially. Okay, just for you to know. And during that era, when we were teenagers, um, growing up, high school, college, there was a huge revival that happened. There was national youth camps, there was great uh, concerts, there were CF rallies, you know, there was all kinds of things. And there was a lot of praise songs that was being written, a lot of fast songs that was being written. Less of the worship songs because uh, I was looking through, there are, but the ones that really uh, came alive was all the fast songs. Songs written by Hill Songs, Planet Shakers, Delirious, you know, there were so many. Like, um, This is How We Overcome. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> I knew that was coming. It was whole, you no, know, This is How We Overcome. And many songs like My Redeemer Lives was all from the late 90s, early 2000s, including uh, songs like Happy Song. It's literally called the Happy Song. Oh, I could sing unending songs. Jesus, you're my best friend, praise Him, lift your voices, let it ring, Feel me throughout all the earth. That was actually by Planet Shakers. It's very hard to remember, but it was. And there was so many songs because there was a great uh, awakening to, to just be, uh, to just rejoice in God's presence. Now, of course, when you go through the generation, we have, a new generation, 2010s and below. And then we have suddenly, we have these songs like, You call me out upon the waters, Great unknown. The millennials. Feed me, fail, fail. There I find you in a mystery. Suddenly this like Oceans deep, my faith will stand. Same time with all this, if you have, if you were here during the Wednesday prayer meeting, we watched Breakthrough. This was the song. It's that famous. That famous. Also, another song that was that's really famous is "Jesus at the Center of It All." Jesus at the Center of It All. You know, a lot of times, I can actually sense that when I sing, wish who is singing along with me. And You connect with the songs of your generation because you identify with your faith journey. And I won't even dare to try. Now that we've entered 2020, I know it's a new decade and I know the songs will change. But I don't know why is it yet. I tested it in the first service and uh, they all tell me I'm wrong. So, okay, let's wait a couple of years and see what it is. But you know, this is what I'm trying to say. It's not about when the songs are being released, it is when we encounter them that makes a difference. When we encounter them in a specific faith journey, it makes a difference to our worship. And I just want to share three songs that are very personal to me and how it defined me along with my faith journey in that season. And I hope you are able to catch it from there. The first song that made a difference was You Sen, Hill Songs. It's not very popular but uh, it's the only song I could play on piano at that time. Literally memorize it just to be able to play it. Because it was, uh, it was a great song to me. And it's, it goes like, You said, ask and you will receive Whatever you need Anyone knows the song? A beat. <laughs> the chorus goes, you said ask and i give the nations to you oh lord that's the cry of my heart and it meant so much to me because in that time i remember it was cf and we were praying for the nation and we were praying and saying god this is the cry of my heart for our nation, for our generation. If you said, you said that you will fill our land. There was a great revival at that time for young people to pray for their nation and to believe in the nation, to believe that God can bring such transformation power. And I was part of that generation so that song became infused with my faith journey. And every time we worship, and that becomes worship to me, you know. Another song that was very meaningful to me is Rain Down. Rain down on me rain down on me here in your presence i am free pour down like rain come and touch me again lord let your presence fall on me and it was meaningful because we sang that song in the youth camp of that time i remember and um Yes, yes, your era, correct. They're pointing at each other. Uh, Stephanie, Larry and Joel, yes. Your generation of youth camp. And we sang this song, one of the camps that we sang. And and, and it connected so much with my spirit because I remember watching uh, in the youth camp and I saw the youth, they, they worshipped God. And I saw how God touched their lives. And there was just this wave after wave after wave of the Spirit moving. And it's just wave and wave of youth crying at the altar. Hours and hours. We could go hours, I tell you. We could go hours uh, just at the altar and crying. And every time I hear, I, I have this memory and connection, remembering that, those moments and remembering the time that I said, okay, God, I will give everything to invest in this generation. I will follow what you said. Of course, the year after, I went full-time as well. And to see that and connect, because a lot of times when we worship God with certain songs, and it connects with the faith journey that we are going through, it has a deep impact, and the song becomes so dear and meaningful to you. And they are the ones that you long for. When I went to Bible college, an old song came up. And in the journey when uh, I was because Pastor Joshua and I were dating at that time and we were trying to figure out where God is leading us, whether go here, go there, go where, you know, and what is happening, it was difficult. And then this song was sung in a chapel and uh, I really knew that song because I grew up in church, but that song at that moment became very meaningful, Shepherd of My Soul. Shepherd of my soul, I give you full control wherever you may lead. I will follow. I have made a choice to listen to your voice. Wherever you may lead, I will go. So it became very meaningful because it connected to my faith journey at that time. And I learned to trust God and let go and say, God, whatever, I'm going to choose to follow you, to give you full control. Here's the thing. The songs we sang when we first experienced God are always going to be the most meaningful songs and the songs dearest to us. Just like how your childhood food is the best for you, even if it's actually not the best, but to you, that childhood food that you experienced and that you like, whether it's your mom's cooking or that stall that has closed down or whatever it is, it's always going to be for you the best of the best ever because of the experience. And as we journey and experience God in different seasons and in new seasons of our lives, let us also remember that newer songs, new songs to us, and we worship God with it, can also become very dear to us because of how we experience it with our faith journey. But regardless of genre, regardless of era, regardless of generation, those times that we sing songs to God in worship, when it crosses with our faith journey, becomes our truest form of worship. Thank you.
0: I feel like today she preached better. He's a <laughs> I'm just a guest, you so know, she's a real speaker. <laughs> when Pastor Anne began to sing all those songs, all of us could relate, right? Regardless of our age, our generation specifically, you realise that the worship song connects with all of us. Amen. It connected. And although we may be from different generation, but I guess the one that connects all of us is the one whom we worship. Amen. God connects all of us. That's why when we say we are a family church, this is what it means. Our Father, He is our Father. He connects all of us with all His children. Even as we appreciate the experience that we grew up with, the experience that we have, we also want to cheer each other on and appreciate each other's experiences. Amen? So that we can be, we can worship God across generations and through the generations as well. Now, a quick three-take-home point, then we will end with this. We want to worship God not just in our songs, we want to worship God in every action. Worship with singing, with our songs, is just one aspect. We don't worship those songs. We worship with those songs. Those songs help us to bring out certain emotions as we worship God together. But that is just singing. For me, true worship begins from the heart, but it flows out and ends with every action that we take, every decision we make, every interaction with people. Worship of God is to God and for God alone. It's not just during service in our songs. Everything we do is worship. We don't just worship God without singing. We worship God with our being, our behavior. And this is my point. We worship God in every action. There are three areas in our life that we can worship God without action. Our action. Namely, at home, at work, and in our private life. Now, bear with me for a moment here. Let's take time to reflect. Huh? Don't be too quick to say, God will worship you. I believe all of us here, we are sincere, but there are certain areas, maybe we need to look into it, buckle up and repent, uh, repent even. At home, is God the God whom you worship in your, at home? Is God still the God that whom you worship in your marriage? The way you treat your spouse. Parenting, the way you treat your children. Do we impose certain values into their life just because it's our values? And are those values even correct? How about family relationship among siblings with our parents as well? Family relationship. The way we talk about our brothers, our sisters, our memories of our parents, and how we choose to interpret those memories. Memories are just memories. How we look at it is our perspective. We can have a bad memory, we can choose to give it a different story, a different meaning. I keep this, I shared this before, and I keep count of this, huh? In my short marriage with Pastor and six to seven years, uh, around six, uh, six, uh, going to seven, uh, six, uh, six years. <laughs> She's reminding me, six. Okay, okay, six. In my six years of marriage, I shouted at her three times. Real shout, uh, and I'm not happy. I'm not happy. It's <laughs> embarrassing for me as a Christian. I said, cannot, I cannot accept I fail to behave myself as a child of God in those times. And I keep count. May the fourth time never come. (laughs) Okay, six years are still young as a husband. uh, (laughs) Give chance of it. Three three times, I cannot accept. How can this person uh, who worships God shout shout at another child of God? How can I worship this father whom she worships? Same God, same Father. In front of this Father, then I am rude to her. I I feel like it doesn't make sense. How can I hear worship with singing then my behaviour doesn't show? The way I look at my dad, the way I look at my dad-in-law, the way I look at everyone, is God still the God that we worship in our, our home? Is God still the God who is in charge in the way that we relate with one another. Husband and wife, do we snap at them out of anger? Don't be so, so quick to say, no, I, no. Sometimes there are times when we're impatient, we snap. Sometimes it may not be scolding, it can, be, it can just be a short, what oh, you like that one? Huh? Tell you how many times. No. Or even for me, I may not do that. The kind of sound, because I don't know how to beatbox. Or not. <laughs> but this is what, sometimes this is what I may do. And God forgive me. My action, because I'm a, you guys know that like, I'm a very animated person. I express my thoughts through movement. Sometimes, sometimes I'm not careful. I do this to my wife. Dear. Dear. I stop her. As though I'm above. Now, now, yes. Lah. Sorry. <laughs> Just because, like a taiko. Sorry, sorry. Something very strange. Oh, this is the wife whom God gives to our marriage here in this church. We exchange our vows. We say, I love you. You love me. La. No, I will stay with you. What is our vows? I forgot. I only know the last one again. Okay? Okay. In, in sickness and in health. Uh, in what? In riches, or border or something. La. And then, uh, then we say, till death do us part. Then we exchange. What oh, is so lovely? Uh. And then, And someone who you are beside me, you are my wife, you're co-equal. And then I behave like this. Dear, I stop her. If she's co-equal, I need to behave that she's, I need to treat her as co-equal. She can speak into my life anytime. She can annoy me. She can disturb me. She's allowed to. She's my wife. Not my wife. My wife beside. Okay, not not my wife. All of us are my wife beside. So, even I may not, my actions sometimes like, dear. So now I learn to be polite. Instead of dear, I gentle a bit. Dear. <laughs> uh, uh, control, control, I like control. Really, like, I, 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 if I need to call her when she's talking to someone, if I need to call her, I do like, hey, dear, hey, hey. I'll, I'll touch her, her elbow, her elbow. I'll just like, dear. Like, I, I need your attention. Hopefully. Learning, like, six year old husband, a double. Like. <laughs> Still new, new husband. Still new. <laughs> I hope we can reflect, uh, even as we laugh about it, we can reflect. Let's worship God in every action. And honestly, I tell you, it is beautiful. Beautiful. When we learn to treat each other well, especially as husband and wife, when we treat each other well, our children will honour us. The moment I put Pastor N down, everyone that I lead... I will begin to lose credibility. If I talk to her rudely, the youth, uh, the, the, the young adults, after a while, like, I still respect you as a pastor, but this Adrian like not so nice. Uh. They will feel it. Man. I will lose credibility. I will lose spiritual authority. Same at home. You want your children to respect you. Treat each other well. It begins with the marriage first. Then it flows out to the whole home. It's never too late to start. Never too late. Let's worship God in every action and that's uh, at, at home. Let's begin at home. At work. At work, our ethics, politics, our job quality, especially when our boss is not looking, do we still give our best? Do we still give our best? Do we close one eyes when we see things are not so clean? When we do claims? Okay? Or the way we talk? Sometimes uh, we don't need to talk, like we just wink you know, and we know one, especially when cheating. Right? People don't like to say it out, but they will just, ah, you know, I know, and then you... Hey, I Hey, Actually, when I was working, uh, this person actually, it's like uh, you charge the company, let's say, 250, okay? And then you ask your supplier to change uh, to 350. I don't know, so you change, let's say it's really 250, and then you ask them to deduct to 150. The extra 100 you keep. 50 for supplier, 50 for me. Then you just give the... And someone actually did that, you know, to my, not, not to me, but to one of my colleague. And you know how the person did? that? Uh? The person, hey, can change the, you know, we, we share the profit, uh, we change, okay, we claim from the company, then the balance, uh, we change, uh, we keep, keep here. Uh. Then the person say, cannot, I'm a Christian. You know what the other person say? Hey, Christian, are good, uh, we're same the same, let's do this together. <laughs> I, I cannot compute. Let's worship God in every action. Our every action should show our worship. In our private life, it's not what we do, why we do the things we do. Our thought process, our emotions, our intention. Think it through first. Why we do what we do. The way I treat people. The way I treat my dad. He's here listening to me. The way I treat my dad. I always say, it's not God. It's not me, it's God. Not God, (laughs) blood. I always tell my dad one, I love you because God loves you. The way I take care of you, the way I speak with you respect, is God. If you want to thank, thank my God. Thank our God. I may not be ready, but as long as I'm willing, God will know how to push us towards the right direction. Let's worship God in every action for today onwards. Amen? Can we do it? Let's do it together. We're be very beautiful to God. He's really touched God's heart. And we begin to behave according to His will. The second point, Worship God in every nation as well. I, it will be very beautiful Is Agape is known as a house of worship for many nations. Okay? People from different nations, when they come here to worship with us, to be part of us, they will feel welcome, they will feel loved, they will feel belong. So that this is not a Malaysian church, a youth church, a adult church, an old people church, fast song church, slow song church. No. This is just Church. Agape Community Church. Every generation, every nationality can be found here. Love, welcome, They feel belong. Now, let's do this together. And I want us to reflect. Uh. We have Agapians in other nations, correct? We have Agapians in Australia. It's a popular destination. Australia, where else that you guys know? Cambodia. Cambodia. Go Cambodia, man. Cambodia. Go Cambodia. Mong- 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 Mongolia, yes. Recently, got someone go Mongolia. Among all nations, Mongolia, okay. <laughs> Mongolia. Where else? I know Hong Kong. Got Japan, Singapore, UK, New Zealand. New Zealand who ah? Huh? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Kimberly's family. <laughs> where? Who else? America, yes, US. We have Agapians in other nations. The beauty of this is we also have Agapians from other nations. They are here with us. It can be due to work or because family and marriage or things like that. Now, you want to really appreciate them. If any one of you, you are worshipping here with us, doing life with us, but you're not Malaysian, you are here to add value into our culture, to make our church a more welcoming church. You add to our church so that our church is more complete. Okay, because we're ministering to you and you're ministering with each other. If you're here, maybe can you stand? We want to appreciate you for worshipping here with us. If you're not Malaysian, you're not Malaysia, can you stand? You're not from Malaysia. Yes. Many more. I know there are many more. Yes. Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Nice to have them, right? They add value. They add to our culture. They make our church more complete. Okay, let's appreciate each other. Now, last but not least is this. I want to worship God in every action, every nation, and in every generation as well. Now, we have spoken a lot on this. But I just want to pinpoint one aspect. Our worship experience is not just determined by when we were born. Listen to this. It's not just determined by when we were born, but when we were reborn. That means our first time. we first time when we accept Christ, when we get reborn, we become a a Christian. That is what, what I mean by reborn. When we are reborn in different decades, we behave differently, we identify with the songs differently, our church experience is a bit different. But like I say, our differences does not divide us because we appreciate each other's difference and we add different dimensions into the church. Our God unites us and I feel that that is the point of worship. We don't need to worship God with the same song or the same time of song, same type of song. The point about worship is that we worship the same God, not the same song, same God. Different worship songs is fine. New songs, old songs, different genre, we accept it all. Because like Pastor Anne said, each song will bring out a different worship experience or memory to, from, from our of us to worship God. Now, for the last one, in worship in every generation, we want to do this and I want you to begin to see how God saved all of us those who are born in different decades and those who are reborn in different decades. We want to see all the decades that's represented here in Agape. We want to honour God this way. As I mentioned the category, that means the decade that you are reborn, the decade that you accept Christ, I want you to stand as a living testimony to glorify God that all of us are still found standing in the house of God, worshipping Him through the generation. And then we end with this song. Everyone ready? Ready? Ready to get out, ah? Huh? Can, I? Tell your bum-bum ready to move. Alright. Alright. The latest one. Those who are reborn, that means you are accepted in the year 2010s onwards. Can you stand? 2010s onwards, can you stand? Those who are accept Christ, twenty two thousand uh, 2010s onwards. Can you stand? Alright. 2010s, yes. 2010s, the year 2000, all... Alright, remain standing. We want to cheer for you. Now, those who are reborn, those who accept Christ in the year 2000 onwards, stand. 2000, same with me. I accept Christ in 2002. Stand, stand. Come on, let's give them a hand. Alright. Let's get ready to push on. Those who are reborn in the year 90s. 90s. Yes, 90s. You're found in the house of God. Okay, those who are reborn in 90s let's see how far we can go those who are reborn you accept christ in the 80s can you kindly stand yes let's give them a hand Wow, there are quite a number of you okay those who are reborn in 70s 70s you're reborn you accept christ in the 70s yes my in-laws yes good one good one those who accept christ in the 60s and earlier, 60, 60s, 50s, all stand. Anyone earlier? Yes. All right. For the rest of us all, let's just stand. Let's just stand. And I want you to ro- look around. Multi-generational church. This is a church with different generation. We say that Agape is a multi-generational family church with intergenerational connection multi generation means all of us are from different generation. Inter-generation connection, we are connected with one another. There's no difference. You realise that even in the worship songs, we are united. We are connected in our worship experience. Amen? The song that Pastor N sang just now, although we are different age, we connect with those same songs. Because our worship experience, our worship of God, connects all of us. And the last line, I want to, I want all of us to actually read out loud this um, passage is a passage that we have but I re- edited it so that it become a personal it, I personalize it to our local context let's read this together yeah one two three we praise and thanksgiving Agapian sang to the Lord he is good his love towards the church endures forever and all the people gave a great shout of praise to the Lord because the foundation of the church of the Lord was laid when Jesus Christ laid down his life For the church for every generation let's give God a big hand Pastor Ben said let's serve God in our generation and serve our generation from God and I want to take quote from this and build on this let's worship God in our generation and let every generation worship God amen let's give the Lord a big shout